welcome to the parley by the hindu i am shriparna chakravarti today we would be discussing the new bill on the appointment of the chief election commissioner and other election commissioners which was introduced in the parliament in the just concluded monsoon session the bill named the chief election commissioner and other election commissioners appointment conditions of service and term of office bill 2023 was introduced following a direction from the supreme court in march the constitution bench led by justice retired km joseph had mandated a three member panel headed by the prime minister with the chief justice of india and the leader of opposition as the other members the new bill replaces the cji in the panel with a cabinet minister this has led the opposition to accuse the government of trying to make the poll body a puppet to discuss this issue we have today with us former chief election commissioner mr op rawat and founding member of the association of democratic reforms mr jagdeep chokar mr rawat if i might begin with you according to the bill which was introduced in the last session instead of the cji as recommended or proposed by the supreme court there will now be a cabinet minister besides the prime minister and the leader of opposition does this affect the neutrality of the panel as there would be two members from the ruling dispensation will it make the eci a puppet as accused by the opposition uh, the issue before honorable supreme court was not who will be in the selection committee issue before honorable supreme court was why did you not enact a law as promised or as laid down in the constitution which was put in force in 1950 so you either make a law or till you make a law our suggested panel will select chief election commissioner and election commissioner so in our constitution parliament being supreme law making body and honorable supreme court having the power to judicially review the constitutionality of every law i don't think there is any issue in this okay okay uh, mr choker your views on this well i i agree with mr rawat that the supreme court said that the parliament should make a law and till the law is made the composition of the committee would be as given in the judgment but i would also like to add that this was the direction of the court or the decision of the court but in every judgment the court is also expected to explain the rationale for the for the decision and if one reads the judgment which is actually a very long judgment something like 279 pages it expends a lot of time and energy and uh, number of pages on why this law needs to be made and the fundamental rationale is that election commission uh, is an extremely crucial entity for the existence of democracy in the country as a matter of fact the judgment says that the right to vote which it says is a fundamental right although it is not included in the list of fundamental rights the fundamental right to vote 
is actually effectuated by the election commission through the conduct of elections and therefore to ensure that this fundamental or basic right to vote can be exercised properly the election commission has to be independent of the executive as a matter of fact the judgment also says that article 3 to 4 which uh, mentions the the which creates the election commission and article 3 to 4 2 which says that the parliament should break a law the judgment says this is a unique provision that is not like any other provision and the position of the election commission is unique and therefore its independence is primary so while the bill as proposed follows the letter of the judgment it does not at all follow the spirit of the judgment this is i think a major issue with the bill Right. So my, my next question is this only. Is there any substance to the perception then that the EC will now be more amenable to the executive's wishes than in the past? Uh, if you see another judgment of Honorable Supreme Court of 5th July 2017, when there was no law and the executive used to appoint chief election commissioner and election commissioners, the Supreme Court observed that although Parliament has not enacted any law for the appointment of Chief Election Commissioner and Commissioners. It is satisfying that Chief Election Commissioner and Commissioners appointed so far have been very, very fair and politically neutral. And that gives a feeling to everyone, all citizens of India, the satisfaction that yes, everything has been all right. And you know, from the same system, we had uh, Sukumar Sen, who conducted the first election hmm. after uh, independence, you know, due to partition, large number of people had come from uh, Pakistan side, East Pakistan side, without address, without anything, and electoral roll had to be prepared as an issue because under the Government of India Act, the voter list had just about four crore voters, whereas uh, the first voter list after independent India uh, election. The 17 crore voters were there. So with all those difficulties and, you know, literacy level was just so low, 12% that they had to make provision for individual ballot box for individual candidate. So in a one polling station, if there are 11 candidates, 11 ballot boxes were carried by the polling party. With all these problems, he conducted a sterling election and proved the Britishers wrong that by giving universal suffrage, India will ruin itself. We proved them wrong. So, and Mr. Session is also of the product of the same dispensation. So, that way, I feel that there is absolutely nothing. And in case there is any doubt or slightest of uh, apprehension after the law is passed, the window is open. That Honorable Supreme Court has the power to judicially review it, uh, its constitutionality and all those things. So I don't think there's any problem in this. Right. Mr. Choker. Well, I immensely respect Mr. Babar because I have dealt with him when he was the Chief Election Commissioner. And I have the highest regard for what he did. And I, uh, it would be a little awkward if I were to list out the good things that he did and some of the things, particularly what he did with the electoral bonds, I think is remarkable and would stand the test of time. Uh, but 
with all due respect, while he mentions uh, Mr. Sukumar Sen and Mr. T. N. Session, in my experience dealing with the Election Commission for the last 23 years, I am constrained to say that there have been, while there have been sterling examples like Mr. Rawat, and I don't want to name any other person, good or bad, because it becomes personal. Uh, I must say that there have been many instances where the conduct and behavior of the election commission as a whole, as a commission, has been uh, questionable and far from satisfactory. Yes, I think I can name one person here. Uh, there was an election commissioner called Ashok Lavasa. Uh, what happened to him? We can now, we need not discuss the details of that, but the fact is that a man who was in line to become the chief election commissioner uh, had to resign or he decided to resign, whichever way one puts it. Uh, his case is rather well known and this happened as a result of the system. All I am saying is that the system of the executive in appointing the election commissioners uh, and that too purely from the bureaucracy is not the healthiest and if we go back to the constituent assembly debates which have been quoted in the government, there was a gentleman by the name uh, Professor Shippallal Saxena who actually said that while we trust our Prime Minister and the Cabinet, everybody else, but we have to be careful that it should not happen that the Election Commission gets captured by the Executive and he suggested that because the election commissioner should be appointed with a two-thirds majority in the parliament. Of course, his suggestion was not accepted because there were some people who wanted it to be left entirely to the prime minister and the president. Then uh, Govind Vallabhpan suggested this via media that the appointment should be according to a law made by the parliament. That is how it came to be. And the way this law or this proposed bill has been prepared, I think it is contrary to the intention or rationale or justification of the Supreme Court judgment of the 2nd of March 23 and of the framers of the Constitution, the Constituent Assembly. Independence of the Election Commission, whether it will be compromised or not, only time will tell. But today, in the last few years, the uh, perception in the, in the minds of at least some people is that the Election Commission is not doing what it ought to be doing. So, Mr. Rawat, does this bill in any way override the Supreme Court uh, bench's ruling of March? Not at all, because Honorable Supreme Court was seized of the matter that why have you not made the law? So, either make a law or... If you don't make a law, follow this guideline that this selection committee will select persons for appointment as CEC and DC. So, uh, Supreme Court was very clear that either make a law or follow this. So, government sort of suggested the selection committee or make a law. So, they have brought the bill. Now, this will has to be debated in parliament and then whether it is passed or not, that is another issue. I don't think that there is any anything like overriding the Honorable Supreme Court decision. Okay, so I will uh, venture to the next part of the bill. You know, it says that the salary of the CEC and the ECs would be equivalent to that of the Cabinet Secretary. 
Well, as of now, their salary is equated with the Supreme Court judge. Though the amount is the same, does this in any way downgrade the rank of the CEC? Uh, Mr. Rawat. Uh, I, I don't think it downgrades uh, uh, in the matter of salary because the salary is same for the Honorable Supreme Court judge or Cabinet Secretary. But if you see in the context of other constitutional bodies like Union Public Service Commission, like Chief Information Commissioner, those being downgraded successively, then it gives you a feeling that yes, continuously the constitutional bodies are being downgraded. Like uh, UPSC, UPSC members are now equivalent to Secretary to Government. Uh, CIC's tenure has been brought down from five years to three years and they are also equivalent to secretaries. So uh, that gives a feeling that it will uh, or it may give rise to some sort of uh, dilution in their status and commensurate uh, effect on performance. Right. Mr. Choker, what are your views on this? I agree entirely agree with Mr. Rawat. Uh, the amount of money is not as critical as the status of a position in this constitutional scheme of things. Now, if the salary is the same, uh, the amount of money of the salary is the same, where is the need to say that it will now be the same as cabinet secretary? If there is no uh, I mean, I am not attributing ulterior motives. I have no intention to do that. But if the amount is the same, why say this? I find this absolutely baffling and mysterious. It is to tell somebody, well, there is a, I don't know uh, how familiar are you with Hindi, that the You are giving the same salary but calling or, you know, pegging your status at a different level, at least in perception, which is absolutely, in my opinion, unnecessary and desirable, unless, of course, this is uh, done with a certain objective behind it, which I am not aware of. Right. So, you know, uh, you know, keeping on with this uh, rather status or tenure of the CEC, uh, so now the CEC is removable only on the same procedure as a Supreme Court judge. But other ECs don't have the same security of tenure as they can be removed on the Chief Election Commissioner's recommendation. So does this bill have any provision on this, you know, and does it expound on this basically? Oh, yes, it does. As a matter of fact, it's a good thing that bill does. It says that the other election commissioners will also have the same removal procedure as the Chief Election Commissioner or the Supreme Court judge. This is one of the two positive things in this bill. Okay. Mr. Rawat, you would want to come in? There I disagree with Professor Shokar. Uh, this bill is not capable of amending the Constitution. Constitution Article 324 Clause 5 lays down that Terms of service of Chief Election Commissioner and Election Commissioner uh, will be uh, as uh, enacted by Parliament. Provided that the removal of Chief Election Commissioner will be as the removal of Honorable Supreme Court Judge, but both Election Commissioners can be removed on the recommendation of 
Chief Election Commissioner by the President of India. So that proviso cannot be amended by any law of the Parliament. It, for, it will need amendment of the Constitution by Parliament. So I don't agree with that. Uh, uh, the provision remains the same. Removal of Chief Election Commissioner will be by impeachment by the Parliament and removal of both election commissioners will remain on the recommendation of Chief Election Commissioner, uh, President can remove. On a, on, a, on a lighter note, I am very happy to see that my very good friend, Mr. Rawat, at least finds something wrong with this bill. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, this is a very uh, interesting interpretation of the provisions. Uh, now, one more question uh, is that the present policy is of a multi-member ECI. You know, where an existing member is promoted as a CEC based on seniority. But they get a full tenure only as a whole. But usually only for two years or so or maybe less than that also. Now, is there any case to advocate a full tenure for the CEC in this bill? That Professor Choker will answer, I think. Yeah, Mr. Choker, uh, if you can. I have no hesitation in answering. I think the CEC must have a six-year tenure. Whether he has spent one, two, three years as a election commissioner or not, the CEC, if going by the interpretation of the law and the constitution that Mr. Rawat has just given, and I am inclined to agree with him, the CEC is at a different pedestal than the election commissioner under the current scheme of things. And if that is true, the CEC must have a full six-year tenure and I would even go to the extent of saying that that tenure should be independent of the age of the CEC. If somebody is promoted to CEC at the age of 60, he or she should right. stay till 66. That's a very interesting, uh, you know, proposal. Uh, you know, with the 2024 elections inside, there has been a lot of political noise over this. Now, we ourselves, uh, irrespective of the governments, have been trying to, you know, get in electoral reforms and all. Now, this bill also runs contrary to recommendations made by the government's own committee. Because in 1990, a committee uh, which was constituted to usher in electoral reforms under then law minister Dinesh Goswami, it had also recommended exactly this, which I think uh, Justice Kame Joseph basically adopted in his uh, judgment. Is there a need for large-scale electoral reforms? Like you were mentioning about uh, your, uh, uh, you know, um, the issue with the, the perception of ECI being a fair body and how it should be like that. So is there a need, uh, apart from this bill also, to look at a large-scale uh, electoral reforms with, the, you know, the independence of the ECI being absolutely uh, not in question? You see, electoral reforms is a much larger uh, arena than merely the composition and the appointment process of the election commission. Although the composition and appointment of the election commission is a, an extremely critical element of it. But electoral reforms, in, in, in my view, is a much larger entity and that, that includes things like uh, making demonstrable internal democracy in political parties uh, compulsory under law. I mean, we are in a very interesting situation that the pillars of democracy which uphold democracy in the country are the political parties 
and none of the political party functions in a democratic way in its internal function. The Law Commission of India has said this, the, the Supreme Court has said this, but the political parties are not interested. So, demonstrable internal democracy political parties, number one, uh, financial transparency of political parties, number two, the Central Information Commission has in a full bench judgment as far 10 years ago said all political parties are public authorities under the RTI Act. The political parties have blatantly defied that and the matter is in the Supreme Court. So there are many such reforms which can be done, but that is a larger issue to my mind. But appointment of election commissioners is a very critical part of that. Totally. Mr. Rawat, your opinion on this? Or might I add what more needs to be done? Uh, by and large, I agree to what uh, Professor uh, Choker has uh, said on the electoral reforms. Uh, electoral reforms uh, should be a continuous process because uh, our political uh, class uh, is very innovative. They keep uh, throwing challenges and election commission as a referee has to continuously upgrade its toolbox to handle all those things so that they can always deliver free, fair and credible elections. And many proposals of election commission are still with the government and uh, they are waiting for uh, decisions. So I feel electoral reforms must be pursued and uh, the internal democracy of uh, political parties that Professor Choker flag is very important for uh, any democracy to thrive. And the election commission itself has recommended it many times. Yes, yes, certainly. Uh, so, uh, sir, thank you so much, both of you, uh, for joining us today. Thank you. Okay, thank you.